This time on Poll Hub, Donald Trump doesn't like a Fox News poll, and he tweets about it. Not all that surprising, actually, that he doesn't like the poll, but some of the reaction has been very surprising, and we'll discuss it. Also, we're going to the mailbag. We're taking your questions. Lots to get to, so let's get to it. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvalho, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Marigoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. As we have said many times before on this show, uh, we talk about gold standard polls, and, and the Marist Poll is one of them. And what we mean is we're not tooting our own, but we uh, do statistically valid, scientifically valid surveys with RDD, random digit dialing. There are other polls that do the same. Fox News poll is one of them. And despite what you may think of Fox uh, being pro or anti something or having a partisan position, their poll is is completely straight down the line, good science. So when the Fox poll recently found that 51% of Americans think, was it registered voters or Americans? Actually, I should have looked at that anyway. Either 51% of Americans are registered voters think that Trump should be impeached and removed from office. The president didn't like it very much. And uh, then the New York Post came to his rescue. And that got one of our favorite people in the business and Maybe, I don't know, Lee's favorite person on Twitter? Best, the punniest person, the punniest pollster around. Ariel Edwards-Levy from the HuffPo. She tweeted out, and uh, so that's where we find ourselves. Uh, That's a little bit of the setup. Welcome to uh, Poll Hub. Uh, Ariel, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So that fair setup, right? That's what happened. What uh, What did the president tweet, and what was your response then to the New York Post article about all of this? So the president has basically been waging um, a sort of stepped up recent campaign against Fox News's polling unit, which is, you know, I'm not really necessarily always on board with the idea of a gold standard polling methodology, but I think it's pretty fair to say that Fox's polling is rigorous, it's bipartisan, it's well respected by pretty much everybody in the industry. And because of that, and because it's showing results on impeachment that are broadly in line with what everybody is finding on a on impeachment, which is that it has a lot of support right now. Uh, the president has sort of been going on the warpath, but they haven't been sticking up for him the way that they he th- thinks that they should, apparently. So the New York Post, helpfully, has decided to reweight the poll by taking party ID numbers that they like better than the ones that were used by Fox and just tweaking the data until it looks better for the president, which is not generally regarded as a well, you know, a great form of survey analysis. Ariel, we we get into the nitty gritty on polling, but why don't we just uh, talk a little bit about weighting of data as, as a concept in polling so that people get a better handle on why party ID weight rating is maybe somewhat problematic. And maybe you can get, you know, just flush that out a little bit. Sure. So, you know, the point of waiting is that you want to make sure that your sample looks as much like the population you're trying to measure as possible, you know, whether it's adults, whether I think in this case, registered voters. And so what you're looking at usually is a number of demographic factors. You're looking at things like age, like gender, like race, like region that you have data on from the census. And, you and know, that's, a, that's a really important fact. In other words, you're looking at, a, at something where people have actually gone out and counted the actual numbers so that we can match polls to that. 
Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that all of those are have in common is that they're sort of fixed attributes. They're not something that people are going to change their minds about. And that's not something you can say about which party people say that they belong to. And now I should say, you know, just sort of in the sake of caveats, there are ways to look at partisanship when you're doing waiting. There are people who will wait back to um, 2016 vote. There are people who will look back at sort of an average of where party ID has been in the past where you're sort of adjusting for movement. But what you can't do is just say, okay, well, this poll shows, you know, that there were more Democrats than Republicans, which by the way, that's true. We know that that's what the country looks like. So therefore, I'm going to change the number of Democrats and Republicans in this poll and just re-report the results because that's what the New York Post did. And you're just sort of throwing everything else that we do have the data on completely out of whack. So one of the things uh, that the 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 post argued was that the breakdown of party affiliation was 31% democrat 29% republican 38% independent uh according to gallup so that that's one poll and that's one thing but the actual breakdown in this in the fox news poll was 48% were democrats but it, not apples to apples not even apples to oranges barely fruit to vegetables right <laughs> You might not even be in like, you know, vegetable, yeah, like, even like animal to mineral. Okay, animal to mineral, right. So tell, <laughs> yeah. tell, us, tell us why. Why, why is that so face, absurd? Yeah, because on face value, that does sound like a big difference. I mean, the difference between 31% Democrat and 48% Democrat sounds like, yeah, that something must have been going on. So there are a couple of issues here, um, and I'll try to sort of lay them out separately. First is that Gallup was looking at all adults, Fox was looking at registered voters, so you're starting from a different base right there. Second is that they pulled one number from Gallup, and if you look at Gallup's measurement of party ID, you'll see that it actually can vary somewhat significantly between poll to poll. It has been much higher, it's been much lower. Third, and this is probably the main one, when you look at those numbers in Fox, they were looking at something called lean to party ID. And what that means is you're looking at independents who say that they lean toward one party or another. These independents generally tend to vote with that party. And they were counting those leaners. And the Gallup number that they used was not including leaners. So that's a huge gap right there. And then the last thing is that Gallup today just released their own impeachment polling, which coincidentally look very much like Fox News is. I wonder what Donald Trump will have to say about that. Or, 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 or the New York Post. I wonder if well, they'll have anything. Probably to say. nothing on either count. And one of the things I saw also in those numbers, I believe I, I read this, that the party ID difference was plus two points Democratic, which is actually a low number from a lot of the other polls that we've done and what I've seen. So in a sense, the Gallup number, even the mineral to vegetable meat issue that you guys were talking about <laughs> is actually a lower number than it might have been anyway so it would have probably conservatively estimated uh, the Trump impeachment number not overestimated it but for a consumer of polls this is I mean this is really tough because um, it, it, it's it's almost looking when you look at these um, you know different types of measurements it, it almost seems like it's a distinction without a difference but there is a really big difference so um, when we talk a, a little bit about um, having some kind of parameter to weight against. Um, ha talk just a little bit about how we differentiate these different measures with party, because this is going to come up again and again and again, particularly in 2020, when people are going to be looking 
for um, pollsters to have an equal number of both Democrats and Republicans, or they're going to expect that, um, you know, there's supposed to be just, you know, independents are independents. So just or that it looks like, why isn't it weighted to 2016? Yeah, so but the first thing I'd like to do before we get into going back to that is the difference between party registration, party identification, and this idea of voting to a turnout um, election result. Can you just weigh in on a little bit on those differences? Yeah, so what we're looking at is just sort of this vast universe of sort of slightly differentiated terms. Voter registration is, you know, which party you're registered to vote in, and that's something that can have a lot of different state to state. There are places where you can vote in you know, a primary even if you're not registered with that party. There are places where you have to register ahead of time. There are places where you can pick a ballot the day of if you're an independent. So there's a lot of different approaches to that. There's not one big standardized system. Party ID is which party do you say that you belong to? And, you know, this country is pretty polarized. There's a lot of consistency, but it's not absolute. For instance, before any election, you'll start to see independents sort of coalesce toward one party or the other because they're more politically activated coming into an election. So that's something that we do know tends to vary cyclically and just sort of in general. And then there's the idea of, you know, turnout, which is at a certain point before an election, you start going and saying, we don't want to just look necessarily at just adults or just registered voters. We want to figure out who's actually going to vote in this election. And one guide you might use for that is who voted in the past election. In this upcoming election where there are a lot of signs that we're going to have unprecedented turnout, you know, there are extra complications to figuring out who's going to be showing up to the ballot box. So there's a little bit of an art side to this, but it's certainly um, there's no automatic answers when it comes to the party composition of a survey. And if someone's a little higher or a little lower on either Democrats or Republicans, we don't have to get into all this skewing of poll talk that we're going to be seeing on social media. It seems like that gets way ahead of our ski on our skis on that. Oh, God, yes. And just... There's almost no circumstance in which trying to unskew a poll and especially trying to unskew a poll on something like partisanship is going to be helpful. You know, if you come out, if you see a poll come out and you look at it and you go, this doesn't look quite right, maybe the best thing to do is to just sort of file it under information, look whether it looks like other polling that's coming out from you know, surveys that you respect and just sort of take that in context, but don't start trying to tinker with it and, you know, sort of change around the numbers until it looks like what you think it's going to look like, because that's generally an exercise in self-delusion. It seems like one of the biggest dangers here is that this is fodder for the fake news slash fake polls slash fake everything, you know, a slur that has been thrown out by, you know, by people in, in, in both sides of, of uh, various issues. It's kind of the new maybe not so new meme how beyond just educating consumers to do that i mean i think you've done a service with your tweets you know somewhat tongue-in-cheek a little bit sarcastic you know calling out the post on this and a lot of journalists don't like to call out other journalists even in, in in other media that they don't necessarily see eye to eye with um what else do you think that we could do beyond that because it just strikes me that this is a really slippery slope into every poll, every piece of data being in a poll being, you know, called by somebody. Fake news, doesn't add up, don't even trust it. Any any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that is just sort of the danger of motivated reasoning that a lot of people who see a poll that has results they don't like will come into it looking for reasons not to believe that. And at a certain extent, you can't argue your way out of a, you know, scenario that you didn't argue your way into. I do think that the best thing that pollsters and that reporters talking about polling can do is just to provide the information that um, readers who are looking in good faith do need to interpret surveys. You know, if you're going to do a turnout model, talk about in plain language, how did we come to these conclusions? If you're going to report party ID, you know, maybe take a moment to explain this is why it looks like it does. We know that the country tends to be more Democratic than Republican. When we decide how many people we're going to have in our poll from different demographics, we're trying to match, you know, the census or the American Community Survey or whatever it is to make sure that we get a good picture of what the country thinks. And that will get through, I hope, to some people. Yeah. Now, just switching gears for a sec, uh, I know that you've tweeted recently about the impact of the debates on the Democratic primary. And I was wondering uh, if you could expand upon that. We obviously had a primary this week uh, for the Democrats in Ohio. And debate. A debate, I'm sorry, not primary I know yet. You, I know you're hoping to get the primary <laughs> get, season going. Settle right? down there, leave <laughs> a couple of months to go. Okay, but no, so, one, no one's actually voted that, at this I keep, point. I keep forgetting that. But the uh, but the debates, you know, we've had a whole series of debates on the Democratic side, and one of the points you made, which I thought was interesting, was that the debates haven't moved that many numbers, except maybe in the case of Elizabeth Warren going up a little bit. I was wondering if you could do a little debate chatter before we let you go. Sure. So I think what we've seen is that, you know, when we came into the first debate of this cycle, I thought, okay, if there was ever going to be a debate where there's really the potential for it to have an impact, it might have been this one because there were so many candidates who hadn't been introduced to the public. Uh, Joe Biden was a front runner, but there were a lot of people who voters were just starting to get to know. And so maybe someone could have a breakout moment. And in that first debate, arguably Kamala Harris did, and you saw her numbers spike and then abruptly go back down. You saw Biden sort of dip and then recover. And since then, we have not seen sort of a lot of really significant, sustained change in the Democratic race. The one big movement we've seen is Elizabeth Warren sort of rising up into front runner status where she's, you know, running about even with Biden and a lot of the polling we're seeing now. And when you look at how Elizabeth Warren's numbers have trended up, it's not something where it's spiked after any single one of those mm-hmm. debates. It looks much, much more gradual. It doesn't look like it was really tethered to her performance. Now, she's had good, well-regarded performances. I'm sure that's helped her. If she hadn't done that, I'm sure that it would have had the potential to hurt her. What you've seen is that her rise looks like something that it's a little more organic than being tied to any one specific, you know, debate. And, and, and that probably makes it more real uh, because of this, you know, slow gradual rather than this uh, immediate spike. Um, we'd want, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, offer our late congratulations to you on winning the App- American Political Science Association Award. Uh, what was that for exactly? Uh, I think for political journalism or, you know, for in layman's terms, probably bothering a lot of political scientists um, <laughs> to explain things to me, it's for a, which I am very grateful. A, yes, it's, 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 it's a very prestigious award, and you should be very proud of it. And Mario Cuomo used to say, if you don't toot your own horn, there's no music. So feel, <laughs> fr- feel free to bl- to blare away on that. And thank you so As much. As we for, will, too. Yes, and thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today and talking about this poll. 
Well, thank you. And thank you, as always, for having me on. It's been so much fun. And we'll have uh, Ariel's Twitter handle in our notes so you can follow her. We recommend highly that you follow her. In fact, Lee, again, thinks she may be the very best person on Twitter, at least the punniest, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. So at the end of each Poll Hub episode, we always do ask you to uh, write to us or contact us or comment to us. And today we thought we would kind of go over a couple of uh, questions, comments that uh, that reflect some of the, the comments that we have been seeing. Uh, thank you to those who uh, have been have been reaching out. Uh, and uh, one listener asked, uh, actually uh, got polled recently. And uh, as they comment, it was very clear that the Maris poll was working for the Democrats to push the impeachment idea. They went as far as asking three times for the youngest member of our family, and that was a Marist poll. Uh, well, there's actually a reason why we do go about and, asking and, those and kind of questions. what might that be? Well, Lee, why don't you, did you want to jump no, in? No, 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 I think you would be. Well, as, more than as the uh, oldest member of the Poll Hub team, maybe you should describe why we don't want to talk to old people. That's well, what it sounds well, like. Because, you know, and, and this gets back to a little bit of what Ariel was talking about, trying to get the sample to reflect the, you know, the larger population. And if you just go on the on the, how people respond by answering uh, who who we get, who we don't, who we reach. Um, the hardest group to find are the younger folks. And so the reason we ask in a household on the landline calls uh, for the youngest male, I believe, in the household um, is because that's the group that's harder to get and to avoid overweighting or waiting, additional waiting, uh, which we do not eagerly, um, we ask we ask for that, uh, and that helps the sample become more balanced overall. So it has nothing to do with partisanship. It's uh, we're not hunting or, for or, people. A, or, or being biased against age. The other thing that's interesting there is you mentioned landlines. Of course, we don't do that with cell phones. And there's a real distinction that I don't think people think about that. When we call a landline, we're not calling a person, we're calling a home. That home may have one person in it. Maybe yes. somebody living alone. It could be a family of 12. Uh, you don't know, and so you're not gonna get all 12 of those people in the poll, You'll get, you're gonna get one. Cell phones are individual devices, so mm-hmm. when we call a cell phone, we are capturing the person who owns, or presumably is, you know, owns, is answering that cell phone. So there's a big distinction there, and that's also what drives this asking of the question in a household, it's not you're not calling a person, you're calling a household. And, and a so difference. what we want to do is randomly select an individual from the household. And there's lots of ways of, di- of doing it. Sometimes um, some pollsters ask for the person who had the last birthday. Um, and so that's kind of a way of randomly selecting uh, within the people who may be at home or someone we may need to call back that would but, make me think too hard <laughs> it is kind of tough yeah, yeah, isn't it so yeah. so asking for the youngest person in the household particularly on landlines because that's the only time we need to do a random selection but as lee pointed out a young person who uh has access to a landline is a rare thing in and of itself so that's why that's why we're asking uh, for that for that individual. Um, also, we always get a lot of a lot of comments about 
how people can participate in our polls. Um, and, you know, we really do appreciate that because we do um, appreciate people's opinions, and that's what we're in the business of, um, collecting opinions. But the thing about doing um, scientific polling is that we need to reach out to you. So hopefully when you do get a call from us or another reputable pollster, um, those of you who are interested in giving your opinion, uh, do so. Please be cautious. Please be critical um, and make sure that, in fact, that person is a is doing real scientific research. They should be able to give you a phone number to call them back um, if they are a real uh, survey research company. Um, but unfortunately, when we are doing surveys, it's the researcher that is randomly selecting the phone number. So when we do call you, it's your lucky day. <laughs> Play the lottery. Your numbers uh, come up on the Don't phone go out least. in a lightning storm because you can also get, you're actually more likely to be hit by lightning to, than to get a call from a pulse. So both Daryl Nibbs and Nina Taylor send in comments along those lines. And like you said, Barb, we get lots of those people wanting to participate. So the last one was a web comment from uh, Debbie O'Hara. This poll does not reflect the actual vote of public opinion. I would like to take part in polling, allow the people's voices to be heard. I vote yes to impeach our president. I vote yes to impeach our attorney general and the vice president. Uh, I vote yes to have my vote count and hear the people of the nation as a whole. Kind of a, uh, a slightly different take on the same issue, which is this isn't a vote. Polls aren't votes. They're not straw polls. They are something very different. But they are reflective of what public opinion is, and I always kind of think it's funny that pollsters do chuckle when politicians say, oh, I don't listen to the polls, I listen to the public. <laughs> and really what we're capturing, in essence, is what public opinion is. It's one and the same, if done well. So uh, there you go. We answered questions. We asked for them, and now we answered them, and we'd love to get more. Uh, for now, that's going to do it for this edition of Poll Hub. Before we let you go, just want to mention something we've mentioned uh, for the last few weeks, and that's our new Marist Poll Academy. It is an online learning platform, and we cover a lot of the issues we cover on this, on this, uh, on this podcast. So, for instance, the question of how come I haven't been called, which is a popular one. We have a whole section on that. So dive in. It's free. Check it out. It's at academy.marispoll.marist.edu. That's in the show notes, so you don't have to memorize all of that. Again, academy.marispoll.marist.edu. And Paul Up is a production of the Marist Poll here at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mary Griffith is our executive editor and producer. I always give her a new title each time I do this. And Casey Schaff is our well, editor. That's, that's because she wears many hats. That yeah. is true. And I think I am going to say at this juncture something that I've said almost every program. No, you, we mix it up. But you are on the board of the Roper Center. And the Roper Center archives are a source for us. They're housed at Cornell, Cornell University. And we can look back at data in time, especially on questions like impeachment, which is sort of in the news lately, and see what other people were getting at this point in the process. Uh, very helpful source, very good uh, archival source uh, for people interested in the kind of stuff that we talk about. And also, you might also add that they are starting a, a new archive with state polling. So they're, we're going to be seeing a lot more state polling there in addition to ours as well as soon as uh, we are able to put all of that information up. And so reach out to us, too, on social media. We're at Maris Poll on Twitter or Maris Poll on Facebook. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.